Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Um, so like Pastor John has said, my name's Nicole. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Like I already said. Um, and it's, it's really cool to speak into this collide. Oh, that's my name. Can we go to the colliding world slide? It's just a little bit less scary, you know. It's still there. Let's ignore it. Um, but I'm actually really excited to talk tonight into our Colliding World series. Um, I think I'm not the only one who's like, I was, I've been blown away by this series. Um, like talking about, right at the beginning, talking about like angels and demons. I was like, ooh, you know, it was pretty cool. It was pretty scary, but it was pretty cool. Um, and then just going on and having Bola come in and speak into it. And even um, to this morning's sermon, um, speaking on heaven and hell, that blew my mind. I was like, I, I was believing the Renaissance paintings, you know? I was believing, you know, little red men with pitchforks. Absolutely. Um, but I'm, and you can ask my mum, I'm the kind of person who always asks why. Like, thinking about the Colliding World series and how, um, how there's this need for the spirit, uh, the, not the spiritual, the kingdom of heaven to collide with earth, I'm always like, yeah, okay, why? Like, why? Like, even as a toddler, I used to drive my mum crazy, and my dad, but more so my mum, um, because she'd tell me to do something, I'd be like, why? I'd be like, Nicole, get ready for bread, brush your teeth. Why? She'd be like, because I said so. I'd be like, why? I would have been quick of her to just say, because if you don't brush your teeth, they fall out. I'd have been like, it's good enough for me, mother, thank you. But no, it's just, you know. Anyway, so in asking why, um, I always find it, handy when we're trying to sort of figure things out to go right back to the beginning so we're going to go way back to yeah we're going to go way back to genesis it's funny saying going back to genesis because genesis is the begin anyway never mind um but before i do let's pray hey why don't you bow your heads um thank you jesus that you are a present god um, thank you that um, you do collide with our reality, that we do have access to you. So as we sort of settle in and um, explore your word a little bit, I pray that you would speak to us. And I pray, though, we all have different needs that would all leave with a piece of what we need tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right, speaking of going to the beginning, we're going to go right back to Genesis 1. In the beninging. I've been thinking about that joke all week. Like, I've been, like, I've been looking for an excuse to say that joke. Anyway, Sorry. Um, so, going back to Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Everyone with me so far? There was nothing except for God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And I'm just going to flick through this. We don't have to read it all. But pretty much from then, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Ooh, it's up there. Very efficient. Um, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Pretty simple. We skip ahead. Um, God said, let there be a space between waters to separate the waters from the heavens and the waters of the earth. I feel like these are a little bit out of order. Um, no, it's not. You're correct, Nicole. Sorry, I stressed you out. Um, and then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together in one place so dry ground may appear. And he called it land um, and the water seas. Um, and then he said, let the land sprout with vegetation. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Um, let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. I'm, I'm really skipping here. Go, go and read the whole thing if you haven't. 
Um, but then God said, let the water swarm with fish and other life, seafood lovers, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for oysters. Come on. Salmon, eh? Anyone? Come on. Every time I'm at my parents' house, because, like, salmon's a bit out of the budget, like, for normal, everyday eating. Every time I'm at my parents' house, I'm like, Mom, can we have salmon for dinner? And we do. God is good. Come on. Um, and let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. Then we move on. Um, then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, etc. Um, skipping right ahead. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now, for me, this whole, uh, this whole situation, this whole instance here, that is like kind of the first great collision in the Bible, I think. It's when the word of God collides with this empty void and suddenly the whole universe is created. Like, I think that's pretty wild. So looking back, I'm like, okay, that's our first collision. Spectacular, off to a great start, right? Um, and, but then we, what, what I find interesting is, of course, God says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. But in every other instance, God said, let there be light, and light just appeared. And it was like, yep, that's just what's happening. But when God said, let us create humans in our image, he said that out loud. But then it's really interesting. He reaches down to the dust, and he forms us with his hands and breathes his breath of life into us. And I, I think that's wild. Because to me, I'm like, I'm like at, at first I was like, that's also a really cool collision. But then I got to thinking, I was like, oh, no, that's not really a collision. That's unity. That is the perfect unity of the Trinity creating humankind to be one with. Like, there doesn't need to be a collision if the two things are separate. That, like, we were one with God. Like, and you go on to the rest of Genesis, and um, Adam and Eve lived in unity with God in the garden. Like, like... Adam and Eve could take a walk with God in the same way I like walk my dog or like walk down to see my friends at the cafe or whatever. Adam and Eve were in perfect unity and that's exactly how God intended it. So you had this big collision of creation and then you had this perfect unity that we lived in for all of one chapter. Um, then you get to Genesis 3 and da 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 da, you know what happens. For those of you who don't know what happens, just, you know, I'm not going to assume. Um, God said to Adam and Eve, you can do whatever you want. This whole garden is yours. Just don't eat from this one tree, if you please. Um, but then Satan slithered up into the garden and was like, did God really say that? And Adam and Eve were like, I don't know. Maybe we should try it just to see. Um, and then Adam and Eve were banished from the garden. Uh, and that's a quick, really quick rundown of the fall, of sin in the fall. Um, don't send this to Pastor Steve, please. He'll probably be like, you didn't even... You didn't even go into it. It's fine. It's all right. Pastor Steve loves me. Hi, Pastor Steve, favorite student. Um, right, so you have this perfect unity, and then you have sin entering the equation, and then all of a sudden there's this separation. And at that point, I could have stopped and been like, oh, that's why we need colliding worlds, because we were together at one point, and God has just spent the rest of eternity and we'll spend the rest of eternity trying to reconcile us to him that's why we need colliding worlds but because I'm just that guy I kept going um so after after that obviously Adam and Eve banished from the garden and you've got the whole old testament where God um essentially sends prophets um prophets to 
speak through, and he collides with us through prophets. Um, and that works for a while, but people aren't really listening. And then you get all the way to the New Testament. And now this is probably my favorite collision. Like, creation was pretty cool, but this one's great. Um, this is when Jesus came into the equation, which is exciting. Um, and I love the way John's gospel puts um, sort of Jesus colliding with us. Um, I'll start with John 1. We don't have a scripture for this yet, um, so I'll get there, Nicole, but bear with me, team. Um, so I love this. John 1, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And then we skip to John 1, chapter 14. It's going to come up. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The word is Jesus. Pew. Like, I just, I just love how, how poetic John, like the Gospel of John puts it. It's just, it's beautiful, but it's also profound. It's like the word of God. When, when God said, let there be light, that word was Jesus going out and accomplishing what God has set out. I think that's wild. Just me. I'm just a bit of a nerd. Um, but anyway, really, this, this collision of Jesus coming to earth and putting on human flesh, I reckon that's the collision to end all collisions. Um, because through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and then the sending of the Holy Spirit, like that fundamentally changed the game. Before, God had to send like special people to speak through, and there were only a select few who could access the presence of God and who could kind of go on behalf of people to plead with God and make things right and be forgiven for their sins, etc. But when Jesus came and took all of, all of our sin and shame to the cross, died and rose again and then sent the Holy Spirit, that meant we all had access. Suddenly, we don't have to wait for a prophet. We don't have to wait for a, a priest who has to jump through rings of fire to try and get into the presence of God. And even then, he might die. Honestly, the Bible's wild, guys. It's not for the faint-hearted. But at the same time, it is for the faint-hearted. Um, so anyway, when, so I don't know if you guys know this, but some of you will, some of you won't, so I'll say it. But when, um, when Jesus actually died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom, just like supernaturally. And the veil of the temple was the thing that stopped people accessing the presence of God. Like only the priest could go past that. And in the tearing of that veil, while it's poetic, that also means that through Jesus' death, we've, we've just been given access. And everybody has that access. It's not just for those of us in this room. It's not just for Christians. It's not just for those who are really nice. Like, you know, it's not for people who behave a certain way. It's for everybody. Like, it's the equivalent of me, of like, like, like if Jesus had a Netflix account, right? And he posted his login details on Twitter or Facebook or WeChat or whatever your social network is. Like... You've got the details. You've got the access, right? Like, that's what, that's what Jesus' dead and re resurrection did. Um, just so you know, you have access. Everybody in this room. So no one is exempt from what I'm about to say. 
right? Um, yeah, so you get access, no strings attached. Jesus did it, it's done. You've got the details, you've got everything you need to do what you need to do. But what does it mean? Like, what, is, what do you do with that? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. got Netflix details, amazing. Um, just gonna breathe. You guys should breathe too, everyone breathe in. Hold it, and out. Fantastic. Just slow myself down a little bit. Um, so what does it mean? It means if we take what Jesus has done for us and we access, we access the spirit that he's given us, it means that everybody in this room has an opportunity to be a part of colliding the kingdom of heaven with earth. Like, we all get to be a part of that. And listen, this is something that humbles me all the time. The kingdom of God is advancing with or without me. God is moving with or without me. But I love that our God is a God who brings us along on the journey and gives us an opportunity to partner with him. So, yeah, we've got the access. And we actually, if we choose, because it's all about your choice, if we choose, we get to be a part of advancing God's kingdom on earth and actually bringing God's kingdom into our workplaces, into our churches, into our homes, into our, you know, walks to the park, into our small groups, etc. Um, and now, now, you see, as a kid, I'd always ask why, but my next question would always be how. Sometimes I'd be being cheeky just to like wind up my parents. But sometimes I genuinely be like, how does this work? How do I do this? How do I, how do I, you know? How? Um, and I think the Bible offers some really great instruction here. Um, so Matthew 18, um, 18 to 20, this is a Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus speaking. Um, he says, I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather as my followers, I am there among them. Here's another one from Old Make Proverbs, Proverbs 18:21. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. So the question of how do we advance the kingdom of heaven in our lives, the question of how we bring this reality of heaven into our physical existence, um, it's really simple. It's just prayer. Wow. It's just prayer. And a key part of prayer is actually wielding the word of God like the double-edged sword that it is. So I'm going to say it's kind of, you know, two things, kind of prayer and the word of God, but to me it's... To me, it's one thing. It all encompasses under this umbrella of prayer. Prayer is how we shift reality and bring heaven to earth. And it does sound simple, and it is simple, but it's not easy. Um, and it's not easy because Satan is rude. Like, Satan's really rude. Like, Satan will do anything to make you um, doubt who God's called you to be. He will do anything to make you doubt what God has said. Um, he will do anything um, to sort of downplay the weapon we have in our mouth. Anything to keep you silent, he will do it. And he will do it so subtly, you won't even notice until you're five years down the line and you haven't prayed. 
and you don't know why, but it's just like it's 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 not you. Satan's just rude. He is rude. Um, and that's exactly how that's exactly what he did in Genesis. He snuck into the garden, and all he all he did was plant a little seed of doubt. And boom, here we are, many years later. And that's that's you know I don't I don't think he can't teach an old dog new tricks like he just he does the same thing over and over again and if we don't call it out and actually look it in the eyes and call it out nothing's going to change um so while prayer is you know this is how we engage with this thing you also need to know that the enemy is working really hard to make you doubt that that's the answer and doubt that you can make a difference um a couple weeks ago in the series we had bowler down um and he talked about sort of um in the, world, in the world of counseling, um, some king lies that we tend to believe. Like, so it's like the lie is the big umbrella and the lie filters down to all these little things that, you know, these little things that change the way we live our lives. And two of these king lies really stood out to me. Um, one of these were, my choices don't matter. And the other one was, my feelings must be true. So if I'm feeling this way, that must be the truth, and I act on it. Um, and they, they really smacked me in the face because it's so easy in particular for these two king lies to sneak into our prayer life. Um, and suddenly we feel like, oh, my prayers, my prayers won't change anything. Why would a big God listen to my little old prayers? Um, or we might give prayer a go. We might set aside some time and, and you know, just give it a go. Um, but we feel like we're talking to the walls or we feel like we're talking to the ceiling and we, we feel like we're getting nowhere and we feel abandoned. And so we believe that as truth and we don't try again. Um, and I just, I just want to say this. Look, there's, I'm preaching to myself here as well. Like There'll be people in this room who, who feel like I've seen God move in other people's lives and answer other people's prayers, but he won't answer mine. Um, and there'll be people in this room who, who feel like that. And I want to say your feelings are real and your feelings are really valid, but it's just not the truth. It's just not the truth. Um, and I'm going to tell you the truth. Um, the truth is actually in the Bible, which is why I like to read it often and much. Um, I'm going to read from Luke 10 quickly um, in verse 19. This is again... Um, this is Jesus talking to the, disi- the disciples. So they had returned after this like big sort of like, oh, we're going to take down the enemy tour. And they had gone out and they'd cast out demons. They'd prayed for people, etc. Um, and they came back and they said, like they came back really happy. And they said, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. And Jesus said, yes, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And I have given you authority over the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. So just quickly, you and I have authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. We have the authority to go into our worlds and whatever is coming up against our family or our friends or ourselves personally, we, like, it's there, like, it's there, like, the receipts are up on the screen, like, it's real, I'm not making this stuff up, God, God, Jesus has given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, but, like, 
having the authority and not accessing it is again like me putting up my Netflix login and you not taking a photo and going home and binge watching Good Girls or whatever is on Netflix. What's on Netflix right now? Got no idea. Okay. But do you know what I mean? Like, if I put up my login details, why wouldn't you take a free ride on my Netflix account? Anyone got kids? Why wouldn't you log into my Disney Plus? Come on, free babysitting. Like having, like having the authority is like having those details. It's like having all the money in your bank, but there's no food in your pantry. Go shopping. Like, you've got the authority. Access it. Do something about it. Put the words in your mouth. Stand up, declare, move. Okay. Um, and again, it, it goes all the way back to Genesis. In the same way God spoke us into existence and spoke the universe into existence, we have been given authority in the name of Jesus to shift atmospheres and create space for the Holy Spirit to move. And we have, we have the unreal opportunity to partner with God himself and bring a sound to our workplaces, bring a sound to our homes, bring the sound of the Spirit moving wherever we go. Um, and another thing, me as a kid, I was fascinated with sounds, um, absolutely fascinated. My parents knew that if I was crying or throwing a tantrum, they just had to play like there was this one song. It was a barbershop song, and I'd just sit there like trying to figure out what I was listening to. Um, or when I was quite a bit younger, if I was crying, my dad would like play an African beat on my back and I'd, I'd just be like a one-year-old, like, you know. Um, but because but I've, I've always just been fascinated with sound. Um, and I think maybe last year I got into this rabbit hole of looking up a whole lot of random sound facts. And it's, yeah, it's a really strange thing, eh? It's not a normal thing. Um, but I found a really cool scientific study um, and my dad's a physics teacher, so I do like the sciencey things, like it gets my brain going. Um, and I found a study from 2002 um, from Professor James Gimzewski. What a good name, right? Gimzewski. Um, and Andrew Pelling at the UCLA Department of Chemistry. And they made the discovery that, um, that cells, like everything we're made out of, like everything the whole universe is made out of, cells actually make sound. Like it's not audible to the human ear, so they've got to kind of record it and then like turn it up um, and so it's audible to the human ear. Um, but like it's wild, like how they do it is they've got this, this sort of microscope that converts, converts that little sound into big sound. Pretty much it works like, a, um, like an old record player with the little needle in it and it kind of feels the sound going on down there and amplifies it. Um, and I just think that is so rad. Um, and now there's this whole field of science called sonocytology, um, and it holds great potential for medical diagnosis and therapy in the future, which is very cool. Fast forward to 2008, researchers at the University of California um, studying just like yeast cells um, found that the cell walls also are making noise, like there's sound waves in there. Um, and again, they converted it into like a sound that was audible to the human ear, and they created what scientists describe as a high-pitched scream. And they also found that human cells are a bit quieter than yeast cells, but certainly squeal when zapped with light. Now, I 
think that's, I mean, it's, it's like profound, but it's also funny because there's a, there's a verse somewhere in the Bible that says the whole of creation groans in chi- as if in childbirth waiting for the coming of Jesus. And I just think that's funny. Like all my cells are screaming right now. All your cells are screaming. We're all just screaming. We just can't hear it. I think that's hilarious. Um, but what's even cooler is that these studies were groundbreaking at the time, but when I was reading it, I just wasn't surprised. I was just like, it's real. Like, it's real. Like, I'm not surprised there's sound waves in our cells because sound waves created them. God said, let there be light. God said, let there be animals, lots of them. God said, let there be seafood. Amen. Come on. Like, so I'm not surprised, but isn't that cool how science is finally sort of catching up to what the Bible's been saying for 2,000 years? Um, it's just, like, it, it's just wild. Like, I, I, wonder if, I wonder if those high-pitched squeals, if we could just change the frequency so it could be actually properly audible, I wonder if that's just the sound of heaven. I wonder if it's the voice of God, you know? Um, I travel a lot for work, and, and last year, around this time when I was reading all this stuff and it was driving me wild, um, I, was, I was finishing work, and I was on my way back to, the, back to a hotel, and I drove past a lake, and I just pulled my car over because it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. I was like, what do you mean? Like, this was up in, um, like, Upper Tasman, like, so north of Nelson. Beautiful. Um, so I just pulled my car over and went on down to the sort of estuary, rocky sort of beach thing. And I sat there for about half an hour. And for that half an hour, no cars went past. It was just me and the water and just, you know, angels singing in the distance. I don't know, but it was magical. Um, and just as it was sort of starting to get dark, I was like, I'd better leave. I've seen this movie. Um, but I, I, I pulled out my phone because I was like, I need to take a photo of this. Like, this is beautiful. And I've got the photo up here. Nicole, if you would. Isn't that insane? And when I took the photo, I, I actually realized what I was looking at. So those are trees um, reflecting on a lake, right? Um, but Nicole, just flip over to the next slide. That's a sound wave. Nicole, go back to the other one. In the silence of this estuary thing, like, the voice of God was right in front of me. What do you mean? What do you do with that? Like, and, like, I wonder if a piece of software exists where I could, like, pop this into, like, software and, like, play what that would sound like. I'd hope it sounded like, hello, Nicole, love your work, keep it up, or something, you know, something encouraging. My daughter, with which I am well pleased, or, you know, something cool. But I, like, I, I remember driving home from this in silence and just in awe and just being like, you mean to tell me that the God who said, let there be light, let there be a great space, let us create humankind in our image, is literally... Like, creation is speaking back to me. Wow. Wild. That's, that's the voice of God. That's the sound of heaven. There's a sound. There's a sound. And, you know, quite, quite often on a Sunday, 
I feel invincible. Like on a Sunday, I feel like I can change the world. Anyone else? I love Sundays. I come in and I'm like, everything is great. I feel very encouraged. Everything's amazing. Um, and then sometimes Monday rolls around and I'm like, why don't I feel the same? Why don't, why don't I feel that same energy, that same, you know, I can, I can save the world. I can, you know, I can be a part of this thing. Like, why don't I feel that same encouragement? You know, why, why are Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, why are they so hard? Why are they so much harder than a Sunday when you show up and you're like, oh, yes, this is, this is my place. And I think it's because on Sundays, there's a sound. There's a, there's a sound that comes from the stage. There's a sound that emanates from this whole auditorium. Why? Because before every service, there are people who stand out there and they pray and they prepare the space. And from there, a sound of heaven can just surround each and every person who walks in the door. And like this morning, I was looking up and um, Chris French and and Rachel, Chris French was on bass and Rachel was on keys. And they're two of my heroes in the faith, two of my favorites. By extension, Lisa French as well, um, who was on tonight. Um, and I was, just, I was just standing there in worship and I was like, man, like our creative team, they don't just get up and play their instruments. They bring a sound. They bring the sound of heaven. They, on their instruments, they're not just tinkering around, they're prophesying with their sound. Speaking of sound, we can probably get the keys up at this point while we're on this. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a sound, and I feel like that sound collides with me, and it collides with my human nature, and it collides with what's been going on in my week, and it collides maybe with even a little bit of sickness. You know, I'm coming down from a little bit of a sinus infection. It's not fun. Um, but it... it there's a sound that collides with every fiber of my being. And, like, I wonder if, like, fundamentally I'm changed on a Sunday, not just emotionally and spiritually, but physically, you know? Because there's a sound. Because the sound of heaven is speaking to the sound in every cell of my body. Yeah, it's just, um, there is a sound that comes on a Sunday, but it's because this place is prepared in prayer. We prepare this for you. And the people standing up here, they have prepared at home. They've, they've cultivated a, a culture of prayer, a habit of prayer, so that we can come in here and cover this place in prayer. And so this... Actually, this, this morning when Jonah was talking about sort of advancing the kingdom of heaven um, and the best way of advancing the kingdom of heaven being just not advancing the kingdom of hell, which is a really good point, by the way. I was like, whoa, check yourself, check yourself. Um, I think that's so right. If by Monday I'm back to work and I'm back to letting the sound of busyness rule me and I'm back to letting the sound of fear the sound of cynicism, the sound of hopelessness, if I'm not being really intentional about cultivating that sound in my life, that sound of heaven, that sound of the Spirit, if I'm not saturating myself in prayer, and I'm not just talking about like sort of 
10, 20 minutes in the morning doing your devos and then going on your merry way. I'm talking about this continuous, like, communion place with God. This continual prayer, this, this way of life. If I'm not intentional about amplifying the kingdom of heaven and the sound of God's voice in my life, what am I actually colliding with? Like, what am I permitting? What am I allowing if I don't fill the space intentionally with the presence of God? You know, in, in, in Acts 2, when, um, when everyone's in the upper room waiting for Jesus to send the Holy Spirit after he's ascended into heaven, um, I just... I just read this again this week and it blew my mind again with how it lined up with what I'm talking about. Um, it said, when the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without a warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it was coming from. It filled the whole building. Then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. You know, I've always read that scripture with, um, I don't know if I've missed it, but I've always read, um, without warning, there was a strong wind, a gale force. But actually in reading it this week, I was like, oh no, it wasn't a gale force wind, it was a sound. It was a sound. The sound of the Holy Spirit filled that whole upper room and filled everybody with the Holy Spirit. And the world was never the same from that point. That Holy Spirit is a gift, again, that we all get access to. We all get to be a part of that. And it was, it was a sound. And then the Holy Spirit fell. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.